five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the College Conversations <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Ben Jordan. Today, I'm joined by a guest that I've known for all of one year. But in that <laughs> one year, we've missed flights together, gambled money together, and now we're here to do a podcast together. Mrs. Casey Lagaris. I think I said that right. You Casey, did how's say it going? Right. Hello, I'm good. Um, I'm excited to be on the cast. Um, we have gambled together, lost money together, and won money. I think you won roulette when we went to the casino. That's true. I think I did. I haven't gone to the casino in a while, but it's always in the back of my mind. But I could do a whole episode on gambling at some point. There's, there's so. always an itch to go to the casino. We there can't lie. There is always an itch. That's true. Anyways, today's podcast, me and Casey are going to be talking about ruining our parents dreams liberal arts students liberal arts style (laughs) and going the liberal arts route in college so casey why don't you tell everyone what you're doing in college right now okay i actually good timing just declared my major last week wow as the our university calls it global studies which still struggle to explain i used to think it was international relations but it's really not but I personally want to just screw around after college for a little bit. I'm also into teaching English, possibly like you. I've gone more the Middle Eastern region route, pairing it with Arabic. I really like philosophy classes, history, and I think the U of M does a good job at at least providing a well-rounded application of your academics, even if you don't have a distinct route. Yeah, I always thought too, I thought that global studies was also international relations. Mm-hmm. And I remember I started out when I first got to the U, actually, I did, um, I thought I was going to do political science. Same. And I think a lot of people in global studies think that. And I remember going into my first political class, which I did talk about on another podcast, actually. But this class was probably the class that I slept the most in through what my college was career. It? it was it was called political ideas and ideologies. But this shit sucked. Ooh. We were studying um like Plato and Socrates and we were going back to like ancient Greek times and reading these texts that were For poly side too. It's exactly. like hard to find the connection. Exactly. It was not meant to be read in the year twenty nineteen because I could not yeah. I read still that. like Plato and Socrates, but if I walked into a political science class, I don't know if I'd really be ready for that. That's true. I think some people too worry that they think of liberal arts and they think about like reading those super abstract texts. Because my friends a lot see me um, reading something super abstract in a text, and like I could never do that. I could never read that. Do they you feel the that. same? Yeah. No, I feel the opposite. I think that. A lot. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that my major is a kind of bullshit sometimes. And I know people study things that may be more challenging. Like, I'm not personally studying this because it's easy. I'm studying it because I think it's interesting and is challenging in a different way. But I think a lot of people look at global studies or similar majors and think it's too easy or just too... I don't know. I I agree, though. I think there's something to be said about the abstractness, because what I always say in response to like engineering kids who kind of get on my case about my major is that we're at least answering questions that there's no answer key for. 
That's you know, true. When, when we have to respond or write an essay or fill something out, there's there's no exact route or validation. We just have to rely on our own thinking. Right. And I think one of the problems, too, is that a lot of people um, end up falling into like liberal arts degrees just out of the need for a degree. Mm-hmm. So you have majors like psychology or communications, communications, which get a lot of people that were once doing something, maybe you could say more challenging. They're mm-hmm. known as like the easy degree to get or like the last ditch. Like I need to major in something so I'll get a degree in psychology. Have you heard of, um, there's an acronym for like stay at home mom degree for girls who go to school to get the degree and go to school, but they don't plan on using it. I haven't heard that. There's like an acronym for it for that fall under those, which then kind of sucks for the people who are in those majors actually pursuing it and passionate about it because then it brings the whole reputation down. And I think psychology especially has a hard time because at least with us, we're so far separated from the sciences that we're, we're our own entity over here. But psychology is in the science world, but still definitely not respected, I think, by a lot of the science world, even though I think it's a very legitimate and necessary, especially now, major and thing to be going into. Yeah, definitely. I think psychology is super important. Um in lots of different aspects Mm -hmm. and did you always know you're going into liberal arts or did your and what did your parents think Mm -hmm. like first off um I would say that yeah from like probably the age where you start thinking about what you're passionate about I always knew it was in this field it's kind of morphed along the way it definitely always started with history like at my academic roots history was always my favorite which of course developed into like political science or IR or philosophy and I think global studies kind of combines it all I have to, I'm lucky my parents really never gave me a hard time my mom is super supportive of anything wow. I do <laughs> and I think my parents have always known that I'm pretty I'm decently intelligent and work hard So they weren't really worried about like, oh, Casey's going down some BS path. But I do joke because my brother majored in computer science, got his internship, got hired before he even graduated and is working like a great job already. And I'm always like, mom, you know, that's not going to be me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need my time to find that because I'm just not on a set path. But I don't know. I prefer I prefer the openness of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you're super lucky that your parents were uh, super support did you supportive have a, of that. Did you have a different experience? I definitely had a different experience. What was your experience? I had um, I had aunts and uncles and my mom like coming after me for uh, going into the liberal arts. But I mean, looking back at it now, I understand where they're coming from because there is a lot of risk mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people where it's true they have they're getting a degree in something in liberal arts and they have no idea what they want to do which isn't bad but from the perspective of like my mom I can see like yeah. why she was, <laughs> she was probably mad at me did she have something she wanted you to go into yeah so my mom always wanted me to go into computer science like <laughs> my brother <laughs> what a classic and I think it's just 
I don't know. I think a lot. Well, a lot of my family, first of all, was very money orientated mm. and they're they're very hard workers like my, specifically my aunts and my mom very hard workers but they're they're always looking within a career they're not thinking what they'll enjoy the most they're thinking how can i climb the pay scale as much as like possible it's a whole different philosophy almost exactly on like work and school exactly so she always wanted me to do computer science and i have so many funny stories about that but <laughs> She would um, just always say, like, uh, so, for example, I remember specifically when we went on a tour mm-hmm. to some college. Maybe it was here. Maybe it was somewhere else. We went on a tour. And at the beginning of these tours, they ask you what you want to major in. And um, I remember we were going around the circle, and it got to me. And I was <laughs> like, I want to major in political science. That's what I said at the time during this tour. And I remember, like, in the Your middle mom. of the tour, when we were walking around, my mom was like, hey, why did you say that you wanted to major in political science? Yikes. And I was like, what do you mean, why did I say that? That's because that's what I want to major <laughs> yeah. in. They asked me a question, yeah, mom. Yeah, they asked me a question. And then she's like, well, you should have said you wanted to major in computer science. Oh. I was just like, this is a tour. <laughs> like, this is literally a tour. I'm I know, not, no like, one's, like, writing it down. <laughs> exactly. They're not, like, writing it down. Like, oh, this kid, he's set for political science. Like, no changing. Like, <laughs> Cut I'm him not, in. I'm not declaring my major right now, mom. It's just, and I remember specifically that, that moment. And I was just like, oh. And then I remember, too, when I was applying for the U of M, the University of Minnesota, on the application, there's a spot where you put down like the degrees mm-hmm. you think you want to do. And I remember I put first as political science, and I put my second as Japanese. And of course, my mom like swoops in while I'm filling out this application, and she's like, "Where's computer science?" She didn't even appreciate the Japanese. She didn't history, even appreciate the, the Japanese. <laughs> I know. And uh, she was like, "Where's the?" computer science and I was like um I don't think I'm gonna do it I think at this point in time too I had already failed calculus one which (laughs) I talked about last podcast so like they're not gonna accept my ass in computer science (laughs) sometimes we have to accept our fate mom and it's just not comp sci (laughs) but my mom was like oh no 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 no. like you can take calc one at the U next year and I was like no (laughs) but anyways yes she forced me to uh put it down on my application did you so, really yeah so that was my first priority on my application wow. and i still somehow got accepted thank the lord and i was placed as a pre-major computer science in what college in liberal arts okay they have the computer science in liberal arts but imagine if you got like rejected from the school because you put down like if you put down Com sci and that put you into the application for the science and engineering school right and you got rejected right from the whole college oh, because I, your mom made you put down a major it, you weren't gonna do it well could have happened like, yeah i know I it does been happen on the border of those admissions officers but it well could have happened but yeah luckily i got in but i never ended up taking any math class i never retook calc and i never took um any computer science class i just got here and i was like i'm just taking what i want to take and yeah that first year it was just it took a lot of uh convincing my mom but i think yeah slowly yeah but i think now two years in she's finally cool with it but maybe only because i'm planning on teaching english in japan right yeah in japan um 
and I'm planning on being an ESL teacher later in life anyways, but I think that's, uh, it's a job. She might not see it as a good job. Maybe I'm not sure. It's a concrete, but it's concrete. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like if I had just majored in global studies, I, at this point I, I, maybe have an idea what I would want to do with that, but I don't have a specific concrete, so I think she wouldn't she wouldn't like that. Global studies, despite them giving us these, like, themes, I guess, that are supposed to give us a better vision of what path we're taking within it, it definitely does not set you up mm-hmm. on really an end game. I think I think the idea, and I think this is why they kind of focus on these liberal education requirements is it's more just a way of thinking and a skill set a set of skills to apply it's more I guess it's more for independently driven students because if I was someone that needed to be shown what to do and where to go and I was in global studies I'd probably be freaking out yeah where I I actually prefer that I'm not on a career path like you said, you kind of came in poli-sci. I definitely, I came in under the impression that global studies was basically international relations. And at that time, I was into more of the international relations side of, okay, I'm going to go down this path. I'm going to work for the UN or do diplomacy. And now that I'm in the major, I'm actually happy that it's not that because I've drifted further from that and probably more into the abstract route of just... I'm going to go into the world and do what I can. Yeah, and one thing I've always liked, you probably agree with this too, is with global studies, you have a huge amount of choice in the mm-hmm. classes you take versus um, my some of my friends who are engineers or computer science. There's no they choice. They have every single class picked out for you for the next four years. You might have a few spots to do an elective, but that elective might just be your general education requirements. And your whole schedule is like, picked out for you I'm just like what like you don't get any choice over your classes at all I remember I looked at one of my friends you know they make those they're called a pass here the like graduation planning where you put in your major and it shows you all the requirements and she had everything set out for the next four years exact track and I was like holy crap like that's it that's just it's just it and there's I think it also depends like I want to be here to explore my interests and I think that's part of college for a lot of people is discovering what you like and what you don't like like you walked into that poli sci class and went okay this is not this is not what I'm doing I don't want to study this where if you're in and that was something that was hard for like you know Lauren my friend is she came in engineering set track ready to go and she just kind of realized that she picked this major because it was something she was good at and then everyone pushed it because it was it's the thing to go into right now but once in it she realized it wasn't what she wanted to do and now she's she's transferring to Carlson the business school which is a whole different ballpark (laughs) whole new world but yeah I think I think it just depends on a why you're here and b what you I guess what your personal philosophy is on career paths like you said your family is much more kind of into the game of it and how mm-hmm. can I climb and who can I meet and what can I do where some people are more into the output of work or other people are more into the personal experience and growth right yeah and 
yeah, like I said, my parents are very money oriented. I guess my family is too. But yeah, I mean, the question is always like, what job are you going to get? That's mm-hmm. like a common question for anyone. And I've actually had people come up um, at this school and just start arguing with me about that. Have you ever had that happen? No. Like, who asked you? <laughs> so I specifically remember one time last year, um, it was like during freshman kind of not orientation but like those first that first month so whenever you meet someone they're Mm -hmm. like oh i'm this is my major yeah this is my major and this is like one fact about me or whatever my hometown (laughs) and this yeah this is where i'm from and i specifically remember this one kid came up to me and this was like we were like i can't remember if we were in the dining hall or we were just sitting i was just sitting up in the lobby of like the dorm like minding my own business this kid came up and he introduced himself to me and he was like yeah this, um i'm blah 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 and i'm majoring in engineering da, da, da. and I'll, he was like what about you and i was like oh yeah i'm ben and i'm majoring in political science and as soon as i said that he he just all of a sudden was like oh well what job are you gonna get with that bro like wow. what like what what do you think you're gonna do with that or what do you what are you even able to do with that or like just questioning me like like, what are you, you gonna, and I was like, like what why? the hell? I'm just sitting here like in the lobby. Like this is like this is weird. And I was like, I remember I looked at him and I was like, actually, I do know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to become like an English teacher and go teach abroad. Like I have this plan already yeah. set out. And I, I felt like I owned him, but like, I no, don't know. I did. But yeah, that that was just a weird thing that happened. Especially like, to hear from someone our age, like when an adult. And I think it's because our parents grew up in a very different world than us job-wise. And yeah. their parents grew up in a very different world where, like, my grandparents' generation, you went to work to get a job to support your family. It wasn't about passion. It wasn't about this enlightening, like, journey. It was very pragmatic. And our parents' generation opened it up more but there was definitely less room for creativity and mm. that where our generation has just gone complete other direction and it's kind of do whatever you want. Right. But something I've found is that it's not always about searching for some end game career. And that's what I learned. Like I said, when I first came into college, I kind of looked at IR, international relations and all. Oh, I could be like a UN ambassador. That would be the, the top ideal. But I'm actually, I actually discovered this in Jordan, I think, is just how many jobs there are that maybe aren't these prestigious, like, end of end game, but there are so many skill-based, hands-on, impactful jobs. You know, they're not, not just like, oh, I'm going to do food service for my life, but I mean real hard work that mm-hmm. you can do, and that that is something that I've also paired with realizing that a lot of life is more about your skills at being a human than your academic yeah. background. And some people just get thrown into situations and thrive without the degree or without the whatever background parameters there are. And I think, like, I don't like to be super idealistic and, oh, everything's going to be great and everyone will find their niche. But I do think that people don't realize how many just how many opportunities there are yeah that's definitely true and i mean you still do have to be careful to a point because Mm -hmm. there's so many stories of people 
racking up um, massive amounts of student debt or going like 100000 into debt and then they're coming out of school with oftentimes some liberal arts degree that then they say like this was useless, I don't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you... Like, you don't have to know specifically what career, but you have to still be somewhat passionate about what you're doing or have a huge interest. Because what I found, too, is, of course, people with a big interest in global studies or international relations, like, they'll make it work, but they're only making it work because they're so interested into Mm. it that they're finding resources and they're, like, looking at different options they can do throughout their time in college. So when they go out, when they graduate, it's not like they're completely just being thrown out into the world, you know? Yeah, and I find that I actually, I mean, I know that on, like, the spectrum, I'm a very low-stress person, and I understand that. But I find that a lot of liberal arts kids are, like, some of the most stressed-out people I know. Really? And I think it's almost, like, this overcompensation thing where they spend so long being asked the questions you you said you guys like what job are you going to do with that what does that major entail where's your life going to go after this and they're so conditioned to have that insecurity in their major that they go overboard with all of these internships and jobs and fellowships and things they can do to forward their career path and give them something tangible to hold on to which is great and you should 100 percent do that in college And I think especially if you are going into a major with less tangible outcomes, you really do need to do that. However, I see a lot of people overdo it and they're so stressed and they're so overwhelmed. I'm like, you don't need to prove to everyone that this is going to work. You know, you you should take opportunities that will serve you. And that's necessary because like you said, as optimistic as you want to be, sometimes you do come out of college with debt and you're like, where the hell do I go now? But I see so many people overdoing it and just so stressed. And I think it comes from that insecurity fed into us from the start. That this isn't going to go somewhere. What are you going to do with this? You need to have a game plan. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never thought about people in the liberal arts being stressed. But you're definitely <laughs> right. Because that question of what they're going to do gets to their head. I know some people like that, too. It does. And I was just remembering uh, another time where I was out to eat with my my aunts and uncles and one of my aunts asked me this is last sometime last year my freshman year they asked me what I was what I was studying I think and I said political science still <laughs> at this point and then she I remember she said there's there's a there's people I know that did uh, political science and international relations and they're flipping burgers right now like do you want to <laughs> be flipping burgers and I was just like what are you talking like I, I thought I was just thought that was funny at that point. I didn't even know how to respond. I was like, "All right, I'll see if I'm flipping burgers and like three yeah, hours." We'll talk like, to you soon. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And yeah, that's true. I'm sure, but a that can go for anything. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure there's higher numbers for the liberal arts field, but like I said, I think a lot of it comes down to your skill sets, and I I just don't worry about it because I've realized that the opportunities that I have had that give me a more tangible application of what I'm studying, I do really well and naturally. And I never realized that it was skills I had and I never realized that it was skills other people didn't really have, but it kind of reaffirms like, oh, this is why I'm here. 
Right. And yeah. I, we're both people that really do want to go to go abroad. And mm-hmm. there's, I've even thought about not as a long term, but being like a flight attendant when I'm young. Yeah. Because I mean, I already have the screwed up sleep schedule. Like, I already have the background with my mom's job, and that's not something I'd want to do as a career, but. That's a pretty sick starter job out of college, and it's got decent benefits and pay. That's not like a minimum wage starter. And I don't know. I think some people are too focused on the prestige and the outcome and how it looks and how it sounds, and Mm -hmm. there's just so many opportunities. And personally, too, I think I kind of fell into liberal arts because I was just trash at math <laughs> and I, were you also like oh, bad math. at math or, but how did you do in math though like so I always say I sucked at math because it just was not really my thing it wasn't what I was into but I was still like in I took AP calc okay I got a three on the AP calc test I really don't know how that's okay. my prized accomplishment so you got like credits for yeah for calc one then yeah I I got my like mathematical thinking requirement out of the way AP credits really helped at this school actually but yeah math was not my strong suit so we have that in common as well (laughs) because I remember I was the story of when I failed calculus again I was getting was this PSEO yeah this was senior year of high school I was taking calc one and I was getting 30 percent on the tests so I was like yeah this this ain't it this ain't it and I I remember going going home I think the night after I dropped out of it I think I dropped out of it I don't think I failed I waited till like the last day Mm -hmm. and uh anyways I remember like pulling up the the U of M website and I was like I wonder what I can do like without calc one (laughs) and it was like only like liberal like really liberal arts stuff and I was like and okay. that's how failing Calc 1 brought us here. <laughs> Literally, I was like, my options went from, like, everything. Well, first of all, like, every college was basically canceled out except for liberal arts. But surprisingly, even a lot of liberal arts degrees need Calc 1. Mm-hmm. Like, even stuff like economics. Oh, and, yeah, economics um, is super math-based. Stuff like that, where it still needed Calc 1. So, And I just knew, like... If I had failed Calc 1 at this community college, I assumed it was going to be so much harder here. So I was like, I'm not trying to do anything with math. And then we completely gave up on it. Yeah, I don't... I remember thinking... I don't know why I was thinking. So Calc 1 was the first and only math that I actually enjoyed. Like, I've, I've always had an affinity for school so I never hated it hated it but I never enjoyed math I never like I don't know did super well in it and I remember when I was taking calc one loving it and being like oh I don't need a math credit at college but maybe I'll just like take another calc class for fun here and I don't know why I ever thought I would do that and I'm so glad that freshman year me did not like enroll in a math class for fun because I would have done terrible and it would not have been fun I think I was just caught on the high of actually enjoying math for once so yeah that sounds awful <laughs> it would have been awful I'm so glad I got it out of the way and didn't have to take it here because it just would have been terrible in every way yeah uh, and also did you did you know that <clears throat> I mean we could talk for a long time about how you <laughs> chose Minnesota but did you know that you were gonna get 
into this school or did you or did you kind of think you weren't or Mm -hmm. um actually that's something I've noticed like being in the Midwest for school coming from the East Coast is there's definitely a large disparity in our perspectives on schools and what's a good school or what's a difficult school because for me this was always I don't want to call it a safety school but it was definitely not something I was worried about getting into I, I kind of knew because I applied to this school like Ohio State I don't know why I applied to Ohio State I didn't want to go there but a few other schools with similar acceptance rates and I, those were not like a question on my mind that I was going to get into just because I knew I fit all the stats but when I talk to people out here the way they speak about the rigor and the pride of this school is very different it's very like so it, you can really tell the difference going to a prestigious school like ours and not that I'm not proud to be here I think like I go here because I think it's an amazing institution with great programs but where I'm from big 10-ish state schools definitely weren't are not hailed as like the competitive ones so you found that people here are talking about the U in like a very high like this was a tough school to get into Mm -hmm. I think okay I found exactly the opposite but (laughs) yeah interesting what did you find well I found that um specifically for a lot of my friends from high school or people I knew it was it's definitely a good school Mm -hmm. but a lot of people at my high school there's this thing but I call it like the Minnesota pipe dream (laughs) and there's so many people in Minnesota who when they apply for schools we we apply for places like exotic places really yeah like a lot of people apply for California or Georgia or NYU is a super popular one Seriously, a lot of people here apply for that because we just think it's good I personally fell into the Minnesota pipe dream too, and I applied for Hawaii. I yeah, I remember you doing Seattle. Hawaii. <laughs> and these were schools that I was never actually gonna go to, but we, but a lot of people that I've known, we just applied to them because it's just like this kind of fantasy. I'm not saying it's fantasy because yeah, definitely people from, from my high school did go to places like California mm-hmm. and New York and those kind of places. Well, but it's but like a dream. I think it's the typical dream of like getting out of the. Yeah. You're not that. I mean, you guys aren't even really from small towns, but going to the big city or the coast for right. the first time. Right. I, that's interesting you say that because that's another difference. Because one of the reasons. I don't want to I don't think that people talk about Minnesota like it's an Ivy League or anything. They, but I just. I found that there's just a different, like, judgment of schools. And I think that part of that is because even though you said, that's why I think it's interesting that you said the whole pipe dream thing, that people want to get away. I think that most people, though, do end up going to the schools near them here, which, and the good schools out here are generally big state schools. Like, the private schools in the Midwest are usually just locally known liberal arts private schools where the private schools on the east coast are some of the most prestigious internationally known schools in the world so i think that our standards are just naturally higher or our competition rates because 
if you're going to go to a typical school by you on the East Coast or a, quote, good school by you, a lot of people looked at schools in Boston, like BU Northeastern, where a lot of people out here looking at like UW-Madison, like Minnesota, Ohio, that are just, I don't, I don't like to compare schools based on acceptance rate because I think it's all bullshit at the end of the day. But I think that it does shift the standards a little bit in like your perspective. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I, I called it the Minnesota pipe dream. <laughs> I <too> like that. <laughs> because in the end, I would always make a joke about, yeah, you see all these people applying to these places. I was like, give it two months. I was like, give it by February, March, April. They're going to come to the U of M. I mm-hmm. guarantee you. And there was even people who had, I even knew someone who accepted an offer to like UC Santa Cruz wow. or like UC Berkeley or something like that. And then they realized that it was going to cost them like 60000 so a year much. or something crazy, like something ridiculous. So they'd be racking up more than like $200,000 in costs if they're doing a four-year degree. And now they're going to a community college in Minnesota. <laughs> and it's just Norman like, Dale. I called it. I called it. But knew it. And I think that's part of, I've noticed with Minnesotans also, this inability to leave Minnesota where they just there's something about the midwest that keeps people in and a lot of people in my classes just like want to stay here their whole lives and there's or maybe go off for a little in college beyond college but always come back and i talk a lot with this woman i work with about it because she's older she's like maybe in her 50s or 60s, and she she grew up in Minnesota, but she's been all over. She has a son in, like, Seattle, a son in California. She's lived on the East Coast. So she has a really good perspective on it, and we talk about it a lot. And she says that there is this Minnesotan pride that just, I think it's also, like, a a defensiveness where Minnesota can be considered one of those flyover states, but it's really not. There is a lot more here. And I think it's this innate, like, defensive pride of, like, we have so much more than you guys realize because where I'm from, Minnesota is like nothing. And that's yeah, another thing a lot exactly. of people didn't realize when I got here. I feel like they're, well, no, I think most people know that. But every single person it from where I'm from that I told I was going to school, I had to explain. Like it got annoying. I could never just yeah. say, oh, I'm going to Minnesota without, what, why? Minnesota? Right. Exactly. And it wasn't a disapproval, but just a shock and like a, you could go there for a school. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think the whole thing, I think the reason you can't leave might be part of the pride, but I think for a lot of people, they're just so close to their family. Mm. And the problem is, is that if you're going to move somewhere, like, first of all, no one's moving to North Dakota. No one's moving to South Dakota. No one's hey, moving to Iowa. South Dakota. <laughs> South Kathleen North. South Dakota. But you can move, like, the only places people. What I'm trying to say is that, like, for example, one of my uncles moved to Chicago, but I think that's the farthest you go, you can, like, go, and the only, like, attractive place some people would go from here. That's a great point. you feel like you're still close enough to your family. Mm-hmm. Whereas, for example, if you live in California and you move, you have more more options. That's or if you're on the point. East Coast, you can live in Anywhere, Boston basically, and, yeah. or Philly or New York, and you're still very close, I feel like. And I I think also part of it could just be, like, the urbanization of the coast, where I think when you live in more rural, suburban areas like the Midwest, there is more emphasis on family. And 
there is less of a push to leave and go out and because you're leaving all of your roots and your foundations where I think on the coast everyone's uprooted so many people either aren't from there aren't their family's not from there and there's much less of a familial connection to home yeah I would definitely feel guilty leaving Minnesota but uh looks like it's already been well (laughs) 36 minutes 36 (laughs) 36 minutes in this podcast yeah but um thanks again guys whoever's still listening at this point all our fans i hope you're there and uh if you enjoyed the podcast make sure to definitely leave a review or subscribe so that you're alerted when the next episode comes out get us on itunes get us on (laughs) itunes hopefully hopefully we're approved by this point still waiting for the approval (laughs) but um yeah, Casey will definitely be back on this podcast other times, so have no fear. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. This is fun. So, yeah, thanks again. And where can people find you, Casey? You can find me on social media at Casey Ligaris. You can find the spelling in the description. Hit me up. All right. I'll be there. Is. All right. Peace. Bye, friends.